So what I want to do is really quickly recap a little bit about ghost stories, which, by the way, how awesome is that promo? I'm a big Stranger Things fan, and I love that promo. I just absolutely love it. And ghost stories is all about the Holy Spirit. He's also known as the Holy Ghost. So we're really spending some time just de-spookifying who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. So in the triune God, you've got God the Father, which I think for the most part everyone knows who God the Father is. And you've got God the Son, which is Jesus, who was our Savior, right? He came, lived on earth, died for every person on earth so that our relationship could be restored back to our loving Father. And then you have the third person of the Trinity, which is the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, right? The one that doesn't really get talked about. The one that's kind of pushed off in the corner. It's like, yeah, I know God the Father. I know Jesus. I love Jesus, but I don't know about that Holy Ghost. I'll stay away from that. You know? And I wonder, I wonder if maybe we can have some open hearts and open minds today as we talk about just despookifying who the Holy Spirit is. And so for the first couple of weeks, Pastor Daniel talked a lot about this word, which is called ruach, which is just a fun word to say, ruach, right? And all that is is in the original language, it translates around the Holy Spirit as being this breath of fresh wind, breath of fresh air in our sails. And that's what the Holy Spirit can provide in our life if we establish a relationship with him and if we allow him to come into our life. The Holy Spirit also builds this dynamic power. He gives us these dynamic powers and capabilities into our life that we wouldn't have otherwise. The Holy Spirit is awesome. Whether you know it or not, it's awesome to have a relationship with him. And I want to kind of read our theme verse for the series here to give us some context. So Acts chapter 19, verses 1 and 2 reads like this. It says, While Apollo, Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So this is 2,000 years ago. Jesus has just ascended to heaven. The Apostle Paul is talking to some disciples, okay? These are guys that are followers. They're in it to win it with Jesus, right? And they don't even know who the Holy Spirit is. So really why I kind of want to hammer in on this point is there was confusion around who the Holy Spirit was 2,000 years ago. So maybe you're not super familiar with who the Holy Spirit is. Maybe you're not super comfortable with it. That's okay. There was confusion 2,000 years ago. We're going to learn a lot about the Holy Spirit today and just the great benefits that a relationship with him can provide us. So before we kind of carry on, let's pray. God, I thank you. Thank you for being our loving Father. Lord, I thank you for each and every person that is here today. I believe that it is not by accident that they are here. I believe that they're here for a specific purpose. I believe that there's something that you want to share with them, God. I pray that today this time would glorify and honor you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So give me a second. I got to take a swig of coffee. I don't need it, but I got the dry mouth a little bit. But I've had a lot of caffeine today, so I'm a little amped up. So bear with me. Um, so I got to tell you guys, I am a big Chick-fil-A fan. I love Chick-fil-A. Okay, no, I, no I, like seriously, I go four or five times a week to Chick-fil-A, and I get the same thing for lunch. There's a Chick-fil-A location about a two-minute drive from my work. It's super convenient. I love their food. I get the same thing every time. It's a number six 12-piece with a side salad and avocado lime ranch and buffalo dipping sauce, Coke Zero, light ice. Love it. <laughs> By the way... 
If you get the nugget meal, get the grilled nuggets. They're better for you than the, bro- the breaded nuggets, okay? All right, guys, it's better for you. I'm looking out for you. But in all seriousness, a few weeks ago, I go through the drive-thru of Chick-fil-A. And one of the things I love about Chick-fil-A is your order is ready so quick. If there's a line around the building twice wrapped around, you're still going to get in and out in like five to ten minutes. I love that because I don't like to waste time. So I pull up. I've made that exact order that I told you guys that I ordered. So some people I work with are here, and they can verify that I get that every single day, which I love that you guys showed up. Um, Anyways, the order that I made, I pull around to the drive-thru, right? Chick-fil-A employee says, hey, sir, sorry, we're still working on your nuggets. It's going to be a few minutes. Can you pull around to a parking spot, and we'll bring it right out to you? And 99.9% of the time, Chick-fil-A has your order ready for you right when you get to the window. So I'm not too bent out of shape about it, but I'm mildly annoyed at this point, right? Like, yeah, I want my food. I want to get out of here, right? Just give me my Chick-fil-A. So anyways, I pull into this spot. I'm waiting maybe five minutes tops, probably four or five minutes. I don't, I don't know exactly how long it was, but it wasn't that long. So a Chick-fil-A employee comes out. He's carrying my bag of food. I roll down my window. He hands it to me, and I'm like, all right, thanks, and I'm about to drive off. And he, then he pulls out a gift card and hands me a gift card. It says, hey, sorry for your wait, sir. Next one's on us. And I'm like, yes, sweet. A Chick-fil-A gift card? How awesome is this, right? And so like a small gesture, a little gift, and it made my day. Right? I put a smile on my face, and I was so happy for that. Now, I wonder if you guys can relate to ever having a similar experience where someone gave you a gift, and it just made your day. could be something as small as that. Or maybe there was a time in your life where you were younger and it was a birthday or Christmas and there was that gift that you wanted, right? Oh, months and months. I got to have that. And then your birthday comes up or Christmas comes up. You open, unwrap it, and you got it. You got that gift that you had wanted for so long, right? Can any of you relate to that? I know that there's probably times also where it's something as small as what I was talking about. Maybe a friend just gave you an unexpected kind note or a gift card or something. It was just like, hey, I love you. Just want to bless you. Or something that really meant something to you, made your day, spoke to you. And what I really want to talk to you guys about today is God, our loving Father, has these great gifts that he wants to give us that far supersede any gift like a Chick-fil-A gift card or any gift that we could receive on a birthday or Christmas. And these great gifts, the first one that I want to talk about, really stands apart. It stands all on its own, and it is this gift of eternal life. Eternal life. And here's what the Bible says about this. Romans 6.23, it reads like this. It says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when we choose to accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, we get this gift of eternal life. And it's amazing. There's no gift that can compare to this one. It stands all on its own. And another verse that I want to kind of highlight in reference to this gift of eternal life is Ephesians 2.8. It reads like this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. I don't know about you guys, but I oftentimes go through life thinking I can do everything. I can control everything. I can make everything happen. This is a gift that it's only by God's grace. All we have to do is ask for it. And receive it. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can actually do to deserve it or earn it. All we have to do is ask and receive it. And I love that about this gift. 
and it stands apart all on its own. The next gift that I want to talk about that God gives us is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's really what this whole series is about, is learning more about the Holy Spirit. And you know what I love about the Holy Spirit is in, in, in chapter 1 in the book of Acts, verses 4 and 5, it reads like this. It says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, Pastor Daniel is going to spend a ton of time next week talking about what being baptized with the Holy Spirit means. So I'm not really going to dive into that today. But what Jesus is talking about, this is Jesus talking in this passage of Scripture. He's talking about the Holy Spirit is going to come, come down. And it's this gift that God is giving us. Jesus even says in another passage, guys, it's better that I go to heaven and the Holy Spirit comes. The reason why is Jesus, while he was here on earth, was he was a man. One man can only interact with so many people at a time, right? The Holy Spirit, when Jesus ascends to heaven, the Holy Spirit, when we receive him, he can be with all of us at the same time. And there's so much more that the Holy Spirit can do here on earth. And that's why Jesus said it's better, right? The Bible also describes the Holy Spirit as our comforter, our best friend, our guide. You know, oftentimes through life, there's situations that I encounter where I don't feel qualified, I don't feel equipped, I don't feel wise enough. You know, so I wonder if maybe you guys can relate to the fact of I can use a guide in my life. Yeah? I can use someone to help me avoid certain pitfalls or traps or dangers. And recently, earlier this year, a good buddy of mine and I picked up the hobby of scuba diving. Okay? Scuba diving is amazing, by the way. Whole new world, whole new world under the ocean. And the thing about scuba diving is, is when you start, you don't just get all your equipment on and woo, let's jump into the ocean. It's not really how it goes. There's some training that you have to do. There's some learning that you have to do. And when you're a newer, a scuba noob, as I like to say, when you're a scuba noob, you actually dive with someone who's called a dive master. So these dive masters are people that have a lot of certifications, they have a lot of qualifications, a lot of hours under the ocean, and a lot of time spent in the area that you're going to dive in. So they just know the great things to see, the things to look out for, all of this. And I love that imagery in reference to the Holy Spirit and how a relationship with the Holy Spirit can be for us. So as you're kind of, if for us, as we were diving... It's really awesome. You're down in this whole world and swimming around reefs and seeing sea turtles and sharks and all this cool stuff. But what happens is, is you kind of lose awareness for your surroundings. And so what will happen is, is you'll hear this really distinct noise. Tink, 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 tink. And it's really distinct under the water. You'll hear it and you'll look around and it's your dive master tapping a metal device on his aluminum oxygen tanker, tapping two pieces of metal together. It's really distinct, really recognizable. And usually you'll look around, immediately locate your dive master, and he'll motion something to you like you're too close to this, get away from the reef, or you're up too high, come down a little bit. Or my personal favorite is this one, this means shark, right? And they'll point out a shark, which honestly, so earlier, actually a few weeks ago, I was in Belize scuba diving, and we went in this area called the Blue Hole and saw like eight or nine of these massive sharks. It was amazing. So all of us were doing this excessively, <laughs> clustering together like, oh, are these sharks going to eat us? It was awesome. <laughs> Has nothing to do with anything. But anyways, using that imagery of a dive master in the Holy Spirit, that's really what it can be like. It's someone that can 
alert of us, alert of us of impending danger. Show us the really cool things in life. Help us to go through this journey that we call life, right? Which is amazing. And as we get that gift that God gives us of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit brings additional gifts with him. It's like the gift that keeps on giving, right? That is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit brings these spiritual gifts to us. Oh, man, spiritual gifts. What is that? That's spooky. That's spooky and weird. Maybe. I don't think so. And here's why. Any gift that our God has for us is good. It's not spooky. It's not weird. And there's one gift in particular that probably gets a bad rap. It's the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues. And a lot of that is probably because of some of the packaging around it, some of the way it's been presented. And I don't really want to spend a whole lot of time talking about that one. And here's why. There's over 27 spiritual gifts listed in the Bible. That's just one of them. It's not about that one gift. That is actually a great gift. It's a good gift, right? But it's not even about that. It's about all of these spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit can bring into our life. So what I would encourage you to do is not get hung up on that one particular gift. And again, Pastor Daniel is going to dive into that subject as well next week. So we'll really uncover that and deep dive into it. So for all intents and purposes, it's a good gift. It's a gift that God gives us. He wants for our lives. So it's not weird. And so one of the things that Pastor Daniel has done over the first couple of weeks is really despookify some words. You know, he talked about the word Pentecost. I mentioned another word, ruach. Um, another word that I really want to spend a little bit of time on is spiritual gifts in the Greek comes from the word charisma. And that was the original language when the Bible was written in the Greek. It comes from the word charisma. So when we say charisma and spiritual gifts, they're kind of related to each other a little bit. Now, that word charisma is also where the word charismatic came from, which is one we want to kind of despookify a little bit. All right, some of you have maybe ran in the church circle for a while, or probably you've probably encountered this charismatic thing, right? I actually grew up in a, 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 what I would say was a, a charismatic church. So there's a lot of good there, um, not even necessarily in my church, but just charismatic in general, a lot of good, bad, and I'm not advocating or against any of that. All I really want us to understand is the original language and where it came from. As people, what we tend to do is misuse things and then put rules and regulations around things that God never intended, which I think that's probably one of those instances with that word charismatic. It's derived from the word charisma, which translates to spiritual gifts. So it's, it's not spooky. It's just people have made it kind of weird, you know. And so that's one of the things that I really think is important for us to understand about these spiritual gifts. So one of the verses that I want to kind of touch base on as we're talking about these spiritual gifts is 1 Corinthians 12, 7. And it reads like this. It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. One of the things I really want to hammer home in this point is each one of you has been given a spiritual gift. The Holy Spirit has given you, yes, you, a very specific gift for you. Now, I don't know about you, but I actually had a really tough time wrapping my mind around that. And the reason why is because I have a pretty, uh, what I would say, decorated past. I've done a lot of dumb things. And what I want to encourage you today is your past does not determine your future. I know we've all heard that, but I want you to hear me when I say that. Your past does not determine your future. 
The Bible is littered with heroes that had a pretty crazy past. King David, he had some history, right? Adulterer, murderer, the list goes on and on. God used King David to do mighty and tremendous works. The Apostle Paul, who, by the way, most of the scriptures we'll talk about today, the Apostle Paul wrote them. Man, that guy, before he got saved, he persecuted, he imprisoned, he killed Christians. He was a bad dude, a bad mamma jamma, as they like to say, right? And so don't get hung up on your past. That was one that I believe that the Holy Spirit has really helped me to achieve some freedom in. And so I want to encourage you today, don't even let your past Come into this conversation. You have a unique gifting inside of you that the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts brings in gifts just you. Each one of you has a very unique gift inside of you. And what we really want to do is help you to learn that, draw that out of you, and operate in that spiritual gift. Yeah? And week in and week out, we have, we have E-teamers that serve every week. And that's just our team of volunteers that serve in spaces of their spiritual giftedness. We've got a whole team of them that serves in our kids' ministry week in and week out, and I thank the Lord for them. Oh, my goodness. I love kids, okay? I've got four nephews. I love them dearly. But the thought of me watching your guys' children for Sunday is not a great thought. It would be utter chaos. I would not be able to handle it. But there's people that have a unique spiritual ability to do that. Right? There's other people that work in our hospitality space that make our space beautiful. They make it welcoming for you. They brew the coffee. They're here every week pretty early doing that, making sure that things are just right for you guys. And I love that. They see life a certain way. And it's a spiritual giftedness that the Holy Spirit brings into them. There's a litany of others. We have a setup and we have a setup and teardown team that when we were a mobile church that we used to have that is now our parking lot team. They do a ton of stuff. They're here faithfully, loyally. They're always out there with the lightsaber wands showing you guys where to go, right? I love those guys. I love their heart to serve and help people. And before we kind of move on to the next part, one of the things I really wanted to do was even further define this, this terminology of spiritual gifts. So here's what it means when we say spiritual gift. A spiritual gift is a special supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children so that together we can advance his purposes in this world. And I love that. And I would even go a step further and really say there's, there's two specific purposes that these spiritual gifts serve. One is to advance God's purpose in this world, which is to reach the lost. See people, his kids come back into relationship with Jesus. That's one of them. The other part, and the Bible talks about this a lot in Corinthians, the other part is to edify the body of Christ. So if you follow Jesus, you're involved and engaged as a church, you are part of the body of Christ. And our spiritual gifts are used to build each other up, to strengthen each other. And that's really the, the purpose. And so as I was kind of talking about those E-team members and furthering God's mission, you're probably wondering, well, how, how do I learn about that? How do I get involved? I'm glad you guys asked, okay? Chill out. I'm glad you guys asked. I have three specific things that I think will greatly enable you and equip you to be able to do that. The first one is we need to discover the gifts that God has for you. Discover the gifts that God has for us. And here's the thing I want to talk about on, on this one is it's not going to be obvious. Each and every one of you has talents, abilities, skills, experiences. Your spiritual gifts 
are probably not going to align with your natural abilities and capabilities. And here's why. is because in the Bible it says that when I am weak, he is made strong. And as we engage in a relationship with the Holy Spirit and we open ourselves up to these spiritual gifts, oftentimes the purpose of that is us relying on the Holy Spirit, us building relationship with the Holy Spirit. If it was something that we were naturally good at, we wouldn't have to rely on the Holy Spirit. It would be really easy to not even press into that relationship. And I'll I'll give you a personal example. It makes zero sense that I would stand on this stage in front of you guys. Zero sense. You know why? I am an an introverted introvert to the nth level of introvertism. (laughs) You know what I like to do? I like to read books. I like to sit in my room and get my own thoughts and imagine things. I'm slightly awkward talking to people, especially new people. (laughs) That's very uncomfortable for me. It makes no sense that I would be up here. But it's a spiritual giftedness that I believe that the Holy Spirit has given me and equipped me. And in order to do this, and I'll tell you guys, even this week, I'm battling my own headspace. Like, oh, who am I to get up here and do this? But the Holy Spirit and the reliance on that relationship, I came in this morning excited, rejuvenated, empowered, ready to get after it because of this spiritual gift that the Holy Spirit has given to me. Another verse that I kind of wanted to touch on, actually, Romans 12, Romans chapter 12, verse 6 says this. It says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. Okay, this is really good. So we have different gifts according to the grace given us. That word grace at the end there, again, we're talking about translations here. So in the Greek, that word grace is derived from the word charis. Okay, stay with me. It's derived from the word charis. And so it says we have these different gifts, and gifts are derived from that word charisma, which charisma comes from charis. What the Bible's telling us here literally is it's giving us grace gifts. These spiritual gifts that he's giving us are gifts of grace, grace gifts. And what that means is these gifts are going to be easy for you. There's something that God's going to give you unique grace to do. It's not going to be difficult. Yeah, there may be some challenges there in learning it and practicing it and all of that, but it's going to be something that you are uniquely graced to do. How good is that? I love that, right? Grace gifts. Another verse that I want to touch on here is Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. And it reads like this, for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. You created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. And what I really wanted to touch on around that is God knows us better than we know ourselves. And the more we open ourselves up to this relationship with the Holy Spirit, there's things that he knows about us and he made us a certain way. And if we open ourselves up to it, he's going to give us that grace. He's going to help us to learn or discover these great spiritual gifts that he has for us. And carrying on further in this verse, it reads, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Let's stop there. I know that full well. 
I have had so many times in my life where I could not say that with total certainty. God, I know full well you made me for this. You made me to do this. And I wonder if maybe some of you in the room struggle with that sometimes. God, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know that full well, right? And the more that we open ourselves up to this this journey of discovery, ultimately, maybe a few months down the road, that's what we want for you, is to be able to stand up and say, I know that full well. God's uniquely gifted me to do this. He's uniquely given me these gifts, these spiritual gifts, these gifts of grace to do something. And I know that full well, which is awesome. And I think that for some of us in the room, a great next step is joining a program that we have called Elevate. Now, Elevate is this three-week program where we, we dive into what some of the spiritual gifts are. You take some some spiritual gifting tests, and you learn a lot more about yourself and will identify some, some ways for you to kind of jump into something or take a step or take action or get involved. You know, some of us has maybe, have maybe been sitting on the sidelines for a while. And I don't say that to, to make you feel guilty at all. It's just a reality, right? Maybe some of us, we've just struggled to learn about this or, or maybe struggle with some areas of our past. Don't let that prohibit you from moving forward and getting in the game. So first is discover the gift that God has for you, too. Number two is develop the gifts God has given me. Develop the gifts God has given me. One of the things that I think is important in this particular subject is life changes. There's seasons in life, and we change. We evolve. I believe that there are certain times and certain instances the Holy Spirit will give us grace gifts in that season in our life. And then that changes, and that evolves. And that's the thing that I want us to be cognizant of. Our identity is not wrapped up in a single gift. As we go through this journey of life, there's going to be tons of spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit's going to give us a ton of grace to operate in based off of life circumstances, life situations, so that we're continuing to rely on Him. You know, when I first started and joined here at Elevation, so it was around 2015, I, I rededicated my life to Christ. And I did not start preaching from the stage. Where I started, this is a time where we were still a mobile church meeting at Ronnie's Movie Theater. Where I started was I started on our setup and teardown team. Not the most glamorous team. You got to get up early and you got to prepare the space, right? But for me at that season in my life, God uniquely equipped me and gave me some unique grace to operate in that particular gifting. And here's why. Pastor Daniel at the time was mentoring, in, mentoring me, speaking into my life. And what he told me was, Ben, you just need to get involved. You need to commit. You need to get in the game. And that's kind of what I was talking about a little bit earlier is for me in that season of my life, he was absolutely right. And I had to receive that. I had to develop it. As I did, what I started to get was some friendships some relationships with other believers, and it built me up. Again, the spiritual gifts are meant to edify the body of Christ. It was building me up, building me up, building confidence, greater love for myself, love in Jesus, love for our church. And so for some of you, that's all it is. It's just make a step. Get involved. Join a team. Serve on a team somewhere. Just start somewhere and open yourself up to learning more about these spiritual gifts, right? So develop them. And um, verse... 14, chapter 14, verse 1 in 1 Corinthians reads like this. It says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. So I've mentioned that there's a lot of spiritual gifts listed out in the Bible. 
And it's okay for us to want them all, right? That's a good thing. The Bible encourages us to want them all. So the more that you discover and develop, you're going to learn more about them. And it's okay to want them. Not necessarily, we're not necessarily going to have all the spiritual gifts all the time. But the Bible encourages us to want them. We can pray for them. We can ask for them, all of that. But the, the thing that I really want to specifically hone, on, hone in on with this verse is it says, follow the way of love. And the spiritual giftedness all starts from a place of love. So in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is a ton of great information about spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is the Apostle Paul talking about some proper ways to use spiritual gifts in the church. 1 Corinthians 13, if you're familiar with your Bible, it's known as the love chapter. I don't think it's by coincidence that 1 Corinthians 13 is wedged in between two chapters in the Bible that are all about spiritual gifts. That's because operating in our spiritual gifts starts from a place of love. Now, what I was telling you guys about myself, that first step that I had taken, at that point, I was rediscovering my relationship with Jesus. I was still hung up on a lot of my past issues. I wouldn't say by and large that I loved myself. I loved Jesus. And so as I started from a place of love, I loved Jesus. Jesus helped me to start to love myself. Once I started to love myself, then I started to want to love others and share God's love, share the love of Jesus with other people. And for some of us, that's what will happen. If we open ourselves up to it, starting from a place of love, God can use us then. The Holy Spirit can come into our heart and give us some spiritual gifts to be used because ultimately we'll be able to further God's mission on this world, which is to see his kids come home. And then lastly, third, is use the gifts that God has for us. So first is discover the gifts. Second is develop the gifts. And third is use the gifts that God has for us. So if, you, if you've not yet accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, that should be you know, your primary mission is to learn more about Jesus and, and maybe find out if you want to accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. But for those of you in the room that maybe would say, yes, yes, I've accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Guess what, guys? Our whole life should be around using our spiritual gifts. Let me say that again. Our whole life should be around using our spiritual gifts because, again, they're meant to edify the body of Christ and further God's mission in this world, which is to see his kids come home. Yeah? So there's a verse I want to read you in 1 Peter, and it reads like this. It's 1 Peter 4.10. says, God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. Now, I want to give you guys a, a, a personal story of mine. When I was around four or five years old, my first memory I have as a child, literally my most vivid memory, is one of accepting the Holy Spirit into my life and establishing a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, I get to some of you that may sound a little weird or not super relatable, but it, it, it matters for the sake of, at a very young age, the Holy Spirit was kind of normal to me. And so from the age of four or five till about 21, 22, I would say that the Holy Spirit was by and large my best friend. I had a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I had some spiritual gifts that the Lord was showing me and that I was operating in. 
But through life circumstances and situations, some heartbreak stuff, I chose to walk away from that friendship with the Holy Spirit. This great gift that God had given me, I chose to walk away. First off, in this moment, I think of like, what, how does that make the giver of the gift feel, right? I'm giving you something so great, and you're choosing to walk away. I want this for you. It's so good for you. Just receive it. All you have to do is receive it. And I chose to walk away from that, which led me down this course of life where for six, seven, eight years, I had walked away from my best friend. And I had this hole in my heart or this void that I was trying to fill with everything I possibly could. Partying, that lifestyle, womanizing, career success, money, all of that stuff. And it was this black hole. It was this black hole that I just kept trying to fill and fill. Was never feeling fulfilled, was angry all the time, bitter, depressed. And it was in that season of life, and I would say that I did not properly manage the spiritual gifts that God had given me. And it was in that season of life where Pastor Daniel and I's path started to cross and I'd hit some rock bottom situations in life. And it was when I recommitted my life to Christ and committed to going on this journey of spiritual transformation was when things started to change. Things started to change like that. And Elevation as a church exists to help take people along this journey of spiritual transformation, to know God, to find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And a lot of what we're talking about right now today is discovering our purpose. Yeah, and what that does is it enables us to make a difference. And guys, whether you realize it or not, each and every one of you that is sitting in a seat today Every person on this earth, matter of fact, was made to make a difference. You were not made to just work a job, punch a clock, be miserable, not be fulfilled. You were made to edify the body of Christ. You were made to further God's mission on this world. You were made to make a difference. And I, I will unashamedly stand up here before you guys and tell you that. I know I was made to make a difference. I know I was made for this. I availed myself to that spiritual journey and learned about the things that God wanted me to operate in. I don't say that for my own glory or anything like that. It's nothing I've done. It's what God's done in me. But what you have to do is open yourself up to that. Avail yourself up to that. Some of us have been on the sidelines for too long. And I'll tell you what, guys, I wasted seven, eight, nine years of my life now, I know it's formed me into the man that I am today, and it's, I, I wouldn't change anything, but I will say there's a sense of urgency in me because I wasted a lot of time. I wasted a lot of time not reaching people, not making a difference, not learning more about myself and what God wants me to do on this earth. Each and every one of you, there is a mission that God has for you. There is a purpose for you in your life. You can make a difference. You are called to make a difference And all we have to do is be open and ask and receive these great gifts that God has for us. Let's pray. God, we thank you. God, we just thank you for being our loving father. We thank you for all these gifts that you give us.
We thank you for the gift that is the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we repent right now of maybe any time where we've, we've been shut off to your wonderful gifts that you've wanted to give us. Or maybe we've said some things that maybe hurt you or angered you. God, we repent of that right now. We ask forgiveness. And in our hearts, God, I pray that we would be open and receptive to the Holy Spirit. We would be open and receptive to all the great spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit wants to bring into our life. Now, every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to circle back to that first gift that I talked about, which is the gift of eternal life. It's the gift of Jesus. Some of you in the room maybe have never had a relationship with Jesus, would maybe say that Jesus Christ isn't your personal Lord and Savior, and there was something that was said today that resonated with you, and it makes you want that, makes you want a relationship with Jesus. Maybe for others, there was a time in your life where you did have that relationship with Jesus and you chose to walk away, but you want to come back to it. You can feel Jesus drawing you home. And so if that applies to you here in a few seconds, I'll count to, the, I'll count to three. And when I do, all I want you to do is raise your hand in the air. And again, no one's looking around. Everyone's eyes are closed, heads are bowed. That's just a public declaration of you saying, yes, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord and Savior in my life. So on the count of three, just raise your hand up. One, two, three. Raise your hand up right now. Praise God. Praise God. Hands up all around the room. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You can put those hands down. Thank you. Now, if you would repeat this prayer after me. And all, no one prays alone. Church, everyone prays together. Just repeat these words after me if you just prayed that, or if you just received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Jesus, would you come into my life? Would you make me new? Would you give me purpose? Would you give me meaning? Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. Would you use my life to make a difference? In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those decisions that were made for Jesus? Praise God.